This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. I found myself up one night praying for them and just realizing the breadth of my prayers. They all have very different experiences and lenses in which they see the world. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their own pain points and their in their own strengths and the things that they wrestle with. And I just found myself being like, God, I wish I had the words. Mm-hmm. How how do I pray for them to love you with all their heart and soul and mind and strength and love their neighbor as themselves and just feeling very overwhelmed. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like my prayers fall flat. When the world feels like it's spinning out of control, when we realize our own lack of control with plagues and wars, and even the lack of control and peace that we experience in our own families, we need some better words. Well, you will enjoy this conversation with my friend Kayla Craig. She's the author of a book called To Light Their Way, a collection of prayers and liturgies for parents. So especially if you're a parent and you find yourself unable to pray in this moment we're in, I invite you to listen in to this conversation with Kayla. Welcome to the Finding Holy Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Hales, author of A Spacious Life. I love big ideas, but ideas have to move beyond an ivory tower to find their application in the midst of our work and our laundry routines. Here on the Finding Holy Podcast, expect conversations about how to live faithfully in a post-Christian world, but without the vitriol, posturing, or shouting across the aisles. In each conversation, you'll get to hear my guests' wisdom, their laundry routine, and for this season, also their hustle habit. Let's find holy together. Friends, it's really fun to have one of my friends, Kayla Craig, on the podcast today. She is the author of a book coming out in October called To Light Their Way, a collection of prayers and liturgies for parents. So thanks for being here. Yay, Ashley. I'm so excited. It's really really excited for this. Good. So fun. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about yourself and how this project began. Where did it come from? Oh my goodness. A question that I love. So my background is actually in journalism. So I'm used to being the one that asks the questions, not the answers. Yeah. But um, I think I brought that kind of journalistic spirit uh, that's like well of curiosity into writing this book. Um, I actually talked with parents who have really walked through so many different experiences, um, different points in their parenting journey, different faith backgrounds. It's a very kind of ecumenical book Mm -hmm. bringing together kind of our unification um, in Christ, but in, in a nuanced way, I hope that is still very nurturing, not only to us as parents, but just to us as being beloved children of God. Right. So Mm -hmm. I am in the parent of four wonderful, exhausting children. You know what it's like to raise (laughs) four kids. And I found myself 
the youngest are five. I have two five-year-olds and then mm-hmm. the oldest just turned 11, which is like a whole new stage yeah. <laughs> for us. So pray for us. Um, <laughs> but I found myself up one night praying for them and just realizing the, the breadth of my prayers. They all have very different experiences and lenses in which they see the world. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their own kind of pain points and their, in their own strengths and the things that they wrestle with. And I just found myself being like, God, I wish I had the words. Mm-hmm. How, how do I pray for them to love you with all their heart and soul and mind and strength and love their neighbor as themselves and just feeling very overwhelmed. And I flashed back to when my daughter, Eliza, who was three at the time was in the hospital mm-hmm. and she was on a ventilator and it was, it was just like every parent's worst nightmare, yeah. like seeing your child in that thin space and not knowing what's going to happen. And I wanted to pray, but I didn't have the words. Mm-hmm. And, um, somebody gave me a book that had some little really short prayers in it. And that helped me like yeah. praying the prayers of another helped me when I didn't have my own words. And so as I was a kind of wrestling with what to pray for my own kids, I thought, what if there was a resource for parents like me who don't always have the words to pray, but we want to, we want to stay connected. We want to enter into that divine conversation mm-hmm. with God. And that is kind of where the spark started into mm. writing this kind of modern collection of prayers for parents in our actual lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your own background with prayer. Has prayer come easy to you? Has it been hard? I mean, I think you bring up a really great point about, you know, when, especially we are going through suffering or pain or deep grief or doubt or trauma that we, we need other words, right. To pray, but what, yeah. What does prayer look like for you in your life of faith? Has it come easy or have Mm you, is this the kind of your first foray into written prayers? Yeah. I think it's, it's funny the way that God works because I don't feel like I am this like masterful prayer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I do process through writing. That's just the way that Sometimes I don't even know what I feel until I have a pen to paper and I'm writing Mm -hmm. it out. So in that way, being able to connect with God has been through a written, Mm -hmm. written experience. And I have through my life have grown up in different like faith traditions and in the Christian world where some, Mm -hmm. there is like a liturgy repeated, you know, every Sunday. And there's others where it's like, you're throwing hands on each other and you're just like praying what comes to mind when it comes to mind. And so we all just experience prayer so differently. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, there are so many moments where I really kind of have beat myself up because I don't know how to pray or what to pray, or if my prayers even Mm -hmm. matter, if God even hears them, if it, if it makes any sense theologically, you know, like, right. and then I have to like get rooted back into like, okay, how did Jesus pray? Right. Yeah. Like getting yeah. back into, well, I don't have the words to pray, but I can pray the words that Jesus prayed or, yeah. you know, like praying through the Psalms and things like that. I think prayer, a lot of times we think is like this kind of call and response. Like God is a genie who is mm-hmm. going to grant our wishes. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of like, uh, a divine conversation where we are the ones that are transformed in mm-hmm. that 
active listening. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't even always have to have the words. So I think like these prayers, it's so comforting to know that somebody else is praying them too. It's like this, this picture of the body, but I also think it's an invitation to get still Mm -hmm. and get quiet and listen to, to what God has for us. Yeah. Which is so rare (laughs) these days. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Or there's too much quiet. And so we just push it off, Mm. you know, with our liturgies of distraction instead. Oh, too real. Yeah. Um, how has scripture influenced your prayers, you, you know, in the prayers you write and how has that informed your prayers? Um, how have you prayed scripture? What does that look like? Yeah. Well, there's a whole section in the book of breath prayers, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, like we just don't have the margin. We're depleted. We're Mm -hmm. tired. The best we can do is have our breath be a prayer, right? That inhale and exhale. And those breath prayers, it was important for me for them to be rooted in scripture, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times I go off and do my own editorializing. And obviously that's okay. But I think bringing ourselves back Mm -hmm. to the word of God can be really powerful. So I think being rooted in God's word, being rooted in the words of the people who have gone before us, like the same, you know, um, can be really powerful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a sense too, especially, you know, a lot of your prayers in the book, just really acknowledge you know, parental responsibility, but you know, that can feel so weighty, (laughs) right. And we can feel so responsible for our children. Obviously we should, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. you know, it can feel really, really weighty. And so I think, you know, as we tie our own prayers into the prayers of God's people through the ages, it helps kind of lighten some of that load maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's this like, I think parenting is this continual undoing, this continual yeah. let, letting go. Yeah. Um, and we want to grasp things so tightly. And even our prayers for our kids, we want to grasp so tightly and and how they view God and how they view the world and how they view themselves. And it's mm-hmm. just this, this continual letting go and knowing that like God loves our kids more than we can even fathom. Mm-hmm. God sees the pain in the world. And God is also the creator of beauty and the maker of all things. And so seeing that and trying to incorporate that in our everyday lives and in our prayers is something that matters to me. Yeah. Yeah. Why prayers for parents, particularly? I mean, obviously you're a parent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I just wrote the book that I needed, you know, like I wanted a book that entered into the pain and the real life of like being on Twitter and seeing these headlines come up and wondering how in the world do I raise kids in this world? You know, it feels so chaotic. It feels so overwhelming. And I really think that how we parent our kids matters a ton. And the way that we enter the world as families matters a lot. And so how do we live into those values? How do we come alongside each other and, and resource each other and support each other in those moments where we're giving our kids like the stepping stones for who they will become and how they will view the world and how they were in, will interact with 
their neighbors and how they will view God, you know, and how they will view themselves. And so I think that can feel like you were saying very weighty and Mm -hmm. very overwhelming. And so just reminding, um, parents that like, you know what, God is already there. Like God, God is is already with us and God loves your children and and loves you. Um, Mm -hmm. and then like, we can talk to God about talking with our kids about violence or, hard, hard moments and, and seeing mm-hmm. and delighting in the beautiful too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's really great because I think there's so much right about parenting in the modern era or postmodern era, whatever era we're in <laughs> that can feel like we're very much alone. And so there, yeah, there's something about joining in a community of prayer that can be super transformative. Are you worn out by hurry and hustle, and yet you don't know what it looks like to find a better way? Well, Jasmine Holmes called my book, A Spacious Life, Balm for a Weary Soul. Tish Harrison Warren called it a needed tonic, and Jen Pollock Michelle talks about it as rescuing us from the siren call of self-help. Join these women as they have experienced both their own limits and seen how my book, A Spacious Life, helps all of us to embrace the goodness of our God-given limits. Find out more at aspacious.life. That's aspacious.life. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You know, one thing I'm trying to explore this season as we're kind of talking about some of the themes in my own book, A Spacious Life, is how hustle and hurry kind of malform our souls and that often it's our limits that are an invitation into God's presence and that our limits actually, you know, if we follow the good guardrails that God has given to us instead of, you know, not limits that are of course oppressive or, you know, are meant to push people out or away from communion with God, but you know, like that we're human and we need sleep. Right. And that, you know, we're not actually in control. And it's actually, as we acquiesce to those limits that we'll begin to kind of find this sense of spaciousness in our own souls. Um, how have you found that, you know, maybe even in the writing of this book that these prayers have helped slow you down and trade Mm. kind of the hustling, hurried life for something more spacious. Yes. It, I really felt like as I was writing this, I became a lot more disciplined, you know, raising right. four kids, you know, my husband's a pastor. We have two dogs, we move, like there's so much going on yeah. and having that practice of sitting, you know, in silence when, yeah. whatever that looked like, it was hiding out on my deck or, you know, yeah. Yeah. trying to put those little guardrails, those little boundaries up. So I could listen mm-hmm. and then I could enter into conversation with God as I was writing. And I took a tiny, tiny, tiny retreat, like a weekend retreat. A family at our church has a little lake house and it was 
around this time last year, I had to kind of finish up the last chunk of my manuscript. And what I had left to write was kind of the prayers for holidays and holy days. Mm -hmm. And I ended up, and I had no idea this is what was going to happen, but I felt like I took this like spiritual pilgrimage Mm. through the liturgical year, through Mm. the life of Christ. And it was so profound, you know, thinking about Mary and her, her expectations and going all the way to, you know, resurrection Sunday and just what, Mm. what that looked like. And I felt like Jesus was just walking with me through that. And it was really beautiful. And I think it was just like being able to get quiet to then be able to experience that. Like if I hadn't prioritized, like, you know, we can't always get away, but we can put those little those Mm -hmm. boundaries and, and so we can get quiet and see Mm -hmm. what God has for us. And Mm -hmm. I think God always has something for us. (laughs) Yeah. And just, and you know, it's a beautiful invitation, you know, maybe you're listening and you're like, well, that's great for you, Kayla. I can't go away, you know, for a week to a weekend to a lake house, but, um, you know, to say like part of that, you know, why that weekend was so transformative for you was because you'd practice small, you know, little bits of silence and solitude. Absolutely. It was like, I was training for this of some kind of like, uh, I'm not an athlete, but you know, athletes have to work out and we have to strengthen those muscles and you have to prioritize that time to Mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. So then in those tiny glimmers of where you can step away for a morning or an Mm -hmm. afternoon can lead to a day um, or a weekend and we can be ready to receive what Mm -hmm. what God Mm -hmm. has for us. What would you recommend to parents who maybe feel too busy to pray? They have all these great desires about like, I want to raise my children to love Jesus. And yet like their actual lives looks like a hundred soccer practices and, you know, extracurriculars and they're just trying to get it together and they don't have, you know, everyone falls, you know, in front of the TV at the end of the day, where should they start? Oh my goodness. Well, first I would say I'm right there with you and uh, all is great. (laughs) And and, um, we don't have to beat ourselves up because I think when we start to broaden our idea of what prayer even is, then we can have that deep exhale. Like maybe prayer is, you know, getting your child's soccer stuff ready in a bag, you know, maybe prayer is, changing a diaper, you know, like what if our whole lives were this continual conversation with God? And it didn't, it didn't have to be this, this big grand performative thing, but it was Mm. really just this quiet, ongoing daily conversation with God and in our everyday. Cause if we do believe that God is in all things and God is making all things new, then God is with us. God is Mm -hmm. with us in the calendars and in the mundane and in the exhaustion and in those sleepless nights. And when you're waking up and feeding a baby or when you're staying up late, waiting for your teenager to come home like that in and of itself can be a prayer. Mm -hmm. So tell us when you aren't in those spaces of prayer and you tend towards hustle. (laughs) I would love to know what your hustle habit is. I'm asking all of my guests this season, their hustle habit. And if you want to know your hustle habit, you can go over to a spacious life 
there's four different ways when we're kind of in unhealthy spots, you know, that we can tend to hustle past our limits and we can tend to ignore them. You can kind of ignore them by, you know, trying to pretend they don't exist or ignore them and kind of run away from them or kind of choose to, um, like not do very much, right. Cause you want to make sure you don't like bypass those limits. So you can ignore them. You can blame other people or circumstances you can fall into shame and you can try to control them or kind of type a personalities. So you can find those all at a spacious dot life. And Kayla, tell us what is your hustle habit? Oh, this is so painful. This is I so, know so it is a vulnerable, <laughs> just poking in the, in our wounds. Right. Yeah. I think for me, like, I, you know, when I'm unhealthy, I'm trying to do too much. I'm yeah. trying to take on too much. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh my goodness, I could have done this if my kids would have just listened to me the first time, or I yeah. would have been able to meet this deadline if I wasn't having to already do X, Y, and Z at home. Or, you know, if my kids, you know, weren't virtual schooling this year, then I could have done this and starting to uh, blame yeah. everything and everyone yeah. and every circumstance. And, and, you know, there might be valid reasons for <laughs> what has, you know, cause me to do something, but it's when I start to spiral. Right. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, instead of examining what I can do instead right. of what I can't, I just start, you know, going into those unhealthy spaces. Of <laughs> I understand. I do that too. And yeah. it's, it, I'm like, this is not good. Right. That it, it's often my children, right. That are, are the, the first target or, you know, those yes. closest to us. Um, yeah to blame, which I was like, this is not good patterns for them. Yes. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I'm, do you have a prayer in there <laughs> for <Yeah>. <laughs> when you blame your child? <laughs> yes. I, there's a, there's a prayer for when you've gotten it wrong. Yeah. And it is a prayer that I wrote because I've gotten it wrong many yeah. times. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. what's one of your favorite prayers that you wrote? Oh my goodness. Uh, it's like choosing your baby, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which baby do you love the most? Um, (laughs) I think I very much resonated with with some of these prayers in the section for a weary world because Mm. there are prayers that I needed for my own heart. And so those prayers are really, you know, deep connected with me that I know there is a God who, who cries, you know, Mm. Jesus Mm -hmm. wept. And so having words for, you know, when my kids came home and they had done an active shooter drill, I was just, I couldn't even like pick myself up the floor, like imagining this. I have a very active imagination and I'm a writer and we see things going 20 steps down the line. And so being able to sit with God and know that I can bring those fears and those frustrations and the anger and the lament, um, Mm -hmm. to God is, is powerful in my heart. It's something that I needed. And I hope that it meets other parents where they are too. And then of course, just like those tender moments of like celebrating a birthday, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like sobbing as I was writing that, just thinking about, you know, my own children growing up and how late at night I'm always, you know, I'm exhausted. And then somehow I'm looking on my camera roll on my phone of pictures when they were babies. And I'm yeah. like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, where did the years go? 
I know, I know. I, yeah. And you feel, you feel time feels like it's slipping away real quick. You know, oh, yeah. I, I, I talk a lot about time in the book and mm. just kind of the cosmic idea of time. And mm. yeah. Mm. yeah. How did you find your relationship with your own children in your own family, as well as with God kind of deepened or changed through the writing of all of these prayers? Mm. Something that was interesting is I started to have a lot more empathy and compassion for my own parents because mm. I realized how deep my love truly goes for my kids. And it's an imperfect love. And I, you know, I'm always learning and growing right alongside them. But just this idea of, oh my goodness, did my parents worry about these things for me? And I had no idea. Did they pray mm. these things? for me and, and what did their parents process and what did they pray? And just kind of this like deepening of knowing that like we're intricately connected, you yeah, know, and, yeah. and God has been writing the stories of our lives way before mm -hmm. <laughs> we could even fathom. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting mm. uh, exploration that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Right. I mean, you think, okay, I'm going to pray for my kids a lot, obviously, right. so I'm working on this. And so you expect maybe some of those shifts and empathy towards your own kids and kind of understanding yeah. their own struggles, but yeah, to see yourself again as a child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really yeah. And just kind of doing that, that inner child work and, mm -hmm. and how God sees us as a parent and, and parents us parenting really cracks open um, a lot, at least it has in me. So <laughs> yeah. I hear you. <laughs> the most sanctifying work I've ever, you know, been oh, a part of. <laughs> same. Sure. Yeah. I think if you did like a word search for like parenting is sanctifying in the book, it would come out multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, it's been so fun to chat with you before we finish though. I would love to hear your laundry routine. And I think this will be really fun because one, you have lots of children. And so those are always complex and fun routines to hear, but two, you know, we're talking about how do we actually pray and experience life with God in our normal, everyday, ordinary, holy lives. And mm -hmm. that looks a lot like laundry too. <laughs> oh, it does. Yeah. And maybe there's like a sermon in here about my like approach to laundry because my approach to laundry is a hot mess. Like yeah. I do not do what I do. I like, we have a laundry room that is outside, um, our kitchen. So it's yeah. great. It's a main floor. We don't have to go in a scary basement, which we've had to done, do in the past. Um, but it just, honestly, it piles up until it's like, my kids are like, Oh, I don't have my soccer shirt. Or, you know, I'm like, Oh, this is like getting stinky. And the mountain is right climbing and we call it Mount Washmore. <laughs> That's um, so good. Yeah. So our laundry routine is just get it done when we can do it. Yeah. And, um, you know, realizing someday kids will be older and they'll be able to help out more and realizing yeah. that like this season, is not going to last forever? And honestly, where do we want to spend our time? Do mm. we want to be playing a board game as a family or going on a walk, or do we want mom to become like militant about right. washing and folding and putting away? And so I just had to like release a little bit of control and realize like there's going to be clean laundry that's folded and in the right rooms, but it's not always going to be put away. Right. And in that season, that's what it is. And we're not really suffering because of it. So. Right. Yeah. That's really great. Do you have a prayer for laundry? I don't know if 
I do. I have a prayer for mercy in the mundane. And okay. so I think that definitely there's some talk about laundry. Okay. Well, if you yeah. wanted to write one for finding holy <laughs> listeners, that would be oh. super cool. Because <laughs> like you don't have idea. anything else to do, you know. Right. Four right, kids right. laundry. <laughs> Well, thank you. It's been such a pleasure to chat with yeah. you. And I'm really excited to see the impact of your book. And thank you. Yeah. And same with you. I am so excited to dig in. We're about to go on a, a little trip as a family. And I'm looking forward to getting quiet and getting to just exhale and kind of reimagine what it is to have a spacious inner and outer life. So mm. thank you for You're all you welcome. do. You're welcome. Thanks. Friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Kayla. Her book, To Light Their Way, is out October 5th, so be sure to grab a copy at the link in the show notes. This season, as we think about one small step, I'm inviting you to practice what I'm calling pocket practices. Pocket practices are little spiritual formation and prayer cards. You can grab a copy at aspacious.life, and they help you to actually connect this idea of living a spacious life and understanding how our good God-given limits actually lead us into the paths of flourishing. And, you know, the nine to five work week and trying to pile a load of kids in the car and love our neighbors. So if you're looking for a connection point between those two, pick up your pocket practices. You can get them at aspacious.life. And one of our pocket practices is to actually practice praying words of scripture. One of them, I asked this question, where have you seen injustice and brokenness in your neighborhood or nation? Practice lamenting by using an individual psalm of lament like Psalm 13 or a communal psalm like Psalm 85 to pray. So as we pause for just a moment, I'm going to read the words of Psalm 13 for us. And may it be an echo of your own cries that are particular to your place, to your neighborhood, or to your nation. Hear the word of God. Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So I encourage you when the podcast ends, maybe Open up Psalm 13 on your phone or in your Bibles and bring your specific situations, your circumstances, and even prayers for your children in the language of Psalm 13. May you be blessed, friends. It has been such an honor to talk with Kayla and to talk with my guests about a spacious life. And I hope that you will pick up a copy of A Spacious Life wherever you buy your books and you will begin to experience how God's loving setting of limits actually leads to real freedom. All of these big things matter, friends, but so does the laundry. 
This episode was brought to you in part by Just These Guys, you know? A pastor and a psychologist team up to break down scripture and psychology, empowering you to transform by the renewing of your mind. Listen today at justtheseguys.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Just These Guys, you know?